my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having a blessed Monday today. A lot of stuff going on, as always, and I hope you enjoyed the Hagman Show on Friday. And uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff we're having on today, including a special guest towards the end of the show and a lot of articles that are happening. It's going to be a fast-paced show, so buckle up, get ready, and put on your seat belts. And also, too, just getting everybody a heads up as one of your favorite products and mine as well. The Magnesium Brain Food, as you guys know, is on sale as product of the week. So be sure to check it out on the website, healthmasters.com, Magnesium Brain Food, and vote for what you want to see when later on this Wednesday because we have almost a tie right now. Attention factor, cinnamon extract, eyesight, zinc, these guys are all right beside each other in votes right now. So be sure to jump on the website and vote for what you want to see win on Wednesday. Then first topic that I've been watching very, very close over the weekends, I saw some very disturbing videos in Canada, including one where the mounted police basically started trampling protesters. And apparently now... The, uh, there's been a statement that was released yesterday evening looking into the alleged screenshots of text messages that were circulating this weekend that appear to show the Canadian officer celebrating trampling one of the basically the protesters. Who actually, she was a grandmother who's now in the hospital in critical condition. The law enforcement began a violent operation this weekend, if you saw this, against the Freedom Convoy as peaceful protesters were essentially seeking to maintain their medical rights. But, of course, the military essentially went out there in full riot gear, batons, stun guns, tear gas, and even some of them in the background carrying machine guns and also snipers pointing in some areas that we've seen photos of now. Um, this is obviously very clear, and it should be to the entire country and the United States, that they are not going to back down off their tyrannical ways. This is completely and totally out of control from what we've seen from the BLM protest terrorism that occurred two years ago, where it was pretty much completely allowed to go unfettered, unmolested on its way, to now we're seeing full-blown military-style tactics being used on civilians. I also saw a video that's been circulating now in the North Bay, Canada area, where they recorded a U.N. private jet that was essentially at an airport. There's a couple videos that popped up over it, and a lot of people were saying, oh, the, the troops are here from the U.N. Let me just clarify this real quick. That is not a troop transport plane. It looked like it was probably like a Gulfstream 6. It's like a thing of 12 or 13 window private jet. Very nice size plane. Don't get me wrong. You can carry some people on it, but they're not bringing U.N. troops over in a private jet. They're going to bring them over in troop transport planes and basically you know, cargo planes that can carry that if they're going this route. What this probably is, in my opinion, it looks like they probably have had United Nations diplomats that have landed in Canada, and they're probably discussing what they're going to do with future tactics, which is still not a good thing at all. But I just wanted to clarify that on that video that I saw in my opinion of what's happening. And now we have the Ottawa police chief who now did an interview yesterday and blatantly said that they are going to actively identify and prosecute anyone that has been involved with the Freedom Convoy, even if they disperse and go home for months to come. He goes on to say, if you're involved in this protest, we're actively looking to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. What? The investigation will go on for months, he continued. It has on many, many levels streamed both from a federal financial level from providential licensing level, from a criminal code level, and from municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. So let's get this straight. 
protesters are told to go home. And what's interesting about this is that what's so stupid is now he's saying, well, you have to go home. But when you go home and stand down, now we're going to basically hunt you down like the United States FBI did on protesters from January 6th. This is Canada's January 6th incident, and they're using the same template that the FBI used and blatantly going to go after anybody that was there on camera, in photos, involved, tracking. That's what they're going to do now. And so, quite frankly, (laughs) protesters are told to go home, but even if they go home and follow orders, it makes no difference. They're still going to be arrested and have criminal charges brought on them once they go home. Well, at this point in time, I kind of think it's the Canadian protesters' diligent duty as patriots to pretty much – stand their ground on this. I mean, if you're told you're going to get arrested now or you're going to get arrested at your house in a couple months, I mean, this this is a horrible situation. I'm not going to lie. But again, this shows you what happens when you comply. This is what I warned in detail about a year and a half to two years ago. As I said this blatantly, and I did not want to be right about this, and I did not at all want to be accurate on this topic. But the problem was I felt that this is exactly where this is going to go. The more you comply with a bully, and I've said this analogy before, if you're in school and you're dealing with a bully, and every day the bully comes up to you and he pushes you up against the wall and basically says, give me your lunch money, kid, and you give him your lunch money, and the next day he comes back and he takes your lunch money and then he takes your books, and the next day he tells you he wants your lunch money and he wants you to bring more lunch money back to him the same day. And you continue to comply and you continue to bring him more and more money until you empty your entire piggy bank and you have no more money to give this bully every day because you're afraid of getting beat up. At some point in time, you're going to have to back up and you're going to have to push back. The problem with it is if you allow it to go that far, you're going to have a very difficult time fighting back because now you've basically shown him that you have no guts. You're not going to push back. The only way to handle a bully as soon as he starts doing that to you is to swing back and hit him as hard as you can in the nose. Now, you're probably going to get in a fight, and you're probably going to get beat upside the head, and you're probably going to go to the ground, and that's where fights always go. And then it's going to escalate. But I promise you, the next time he sees you, he's going to think twice about asking you and demanding your lunch money. He's going to go, man, that scrawny little punk kid, I want his money. But, dude, he did crack me in the nose pretty doggone hard that last time. I think I'm just going to go to somebody that's going to be a little less resistant. And this is exactly what happened in the United States. Everybody kept going, oh, well, it'll be next month to flatten the curve. Oh, it's just short-term measures. Oh, it's just lockdowns again. Oh, it's just masks that we have to wear. Oh, we just need to shut down our business again. Oh, we'll just comply and get an experimental injection, and then this will all be over with. How's that working out for the Western civilization? pretty poorly if you ask my opinion on it and so this is what we're seeing and now taking a step further canada is now moving to make the asset freezing part of the emergencies act permanent now oh yeah under the emergency act banks are required to freeze accounts without a court order while all crowdfunding platforms and payment providers are mandated to provide information to the fintrack which is the financial transaction report analysis center of canada The Deputy Prime Minister, Christia Freeland, announced that the measures imposed temporarily to deal with the protesters will now be made permanent. She goes, some of the tools we're putting forward measures to put these tools permanently in place, the authorities of the FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover all sources. We will use all the tools we had prior to the invocation of the Emergency Act and determine if we need additional tools to be put in a permanent basis. Yeah. They're now blatantly saying that if you resist, if you do not comply, if you do not go along with what they tell you, they're just going to seize all your stuff. 
This is why there's been numerous reported bank runs in Canada that I've read about and numerous banks that have actually gone offline. Me and Doug talked about that last week for 24 hours at a time. People are starting to pull their cash out. They're having enough. So, again, this is what happens when you comply for two years and then decide you want to push back. This is why I was so proud of people down here in Florida because Florida is you know, generally a pretty redneck, rebellious state for the most part. Now we got a bunch of slack-jawed morons that are moving down here, so we're going to see how this state continues to devolve in its heritage. But for the most part, people know in, in Florida that nobody's really coming to save you and nobody's coming to protect you. You're pretty much on your own down here with the crackheads and the gators and the water moccasins and the hurricanes and figure it out on your own. And that's one of the reasons why we are so non-compliant with all the mandates and restrictions and masks and everything else. Now, of course, you see a lot of the people and the useful idiots that are still walking around with masks on. I went to Publix yesterday, and there are still people walking around with N95s on through the store. And I just kind of laughed and chuckled, and I thought to myself, wow, obviously these people don't understand what's happening. But again, everybody has the right to do what they feel is best for themselves. However, Nobody has a right to tell you what you have to do to your own body when it comes to experimental injections. So understand that and continue to stand up for freedom and truth. And I stand again with the Canadian truckers right now. The situation is escalating very, very rapidly. And it appears they're trying to use Canada as an example to everybody else on why you should not under any circumstances resist and just comply when actually the exact opposite is being shown. They're showing us a prime example on why we should never comply with tyranny because it doesn't stop. Once sadistic individuals get a hold of power, now there's some people out there that have no good in them. They're classified as a reprobate mind as it talks about in the Bible. There's nothing good in them. They are completely and totally steeped in evil. That's just what they are. Now, people beg the difference. Oh, no, some people can change. Of course people can change, but they're not going to. When you have somebody that's completely steeped in evil and they're sadistic at the core and they're fully reprobate, there is no reasoning with them. There is no concept of morals and ethics among them. You can't sit there and communicate with them and treat them like they're another Christian individual and you expect them to have morals and biblical values because they don't. There are some people out there that once they start to get power, they will literally kill, murder, and do every vile form in their power to maintain their level of control over citizens. And we've seen this now repeatedly throughout history. This is what we're dealing with now in a lot of these areas with these banker boys and the individuals that help run the countries, like Trudeau, like individuals that we've seen with Merkel individuals in China. These people are put into place very specifically because they are inherently evil to their core because of who they worship. These are the people that you can never take orders from and you can never comply with. These are the very people that you have to resist at your very core because they want nothing but full-blown dominance control and mandates over your entire life. And these are the people that are trying to run everything right now. So you've got to get your, hand, your head around that and understand what we're dealing with. Thank you again for standing up, my friends. And again, I support everybody in Canada. Continue to get the truth out there as best you can. What do you think, Dad? Uh, you know, it's funny because you kind of partially quoted Jesse Ventura from the movie Predator. And uh, I remember when he was basically flying into this jungle area, uh, he called the people there a bunch of slack-jawed faggots. Now, I'm just quoting him. You know, just if you want to get mad at anybody, you can get mad at Jesse Ventura, but, you know, it's the truth. 
you know, we've got to stand our ground. We've got to be firm and we've got to be bold. I mean, January the 6th here in the United States was an exact template they're using right now for Canada, including the prosecutions, which are continuing in the United States. You know, now they're saying that Stuart Rhodes will not make bail. He will basically be kept in prison and jail until this court trial comes up. And they're charging him with some serious, serious stuff. And they're continuing to charge more and more people on January the 6th, though some of them weren't even there like Stuart Rhodes. You know, they went after, you know, Mankow's friend again down there in, my, in Miami, Roger Stone, and they went after him. You know, they brought him back before Congress again. This time he just took the fifth. He was smart, brilliant man. He learned from the, the hard way the first time, and he wasn't even at January the sixth. He'd already left the hotel. I told you that whole story. They sent a whole SWAT team in to come arrest him after he'd already checked out, and he wasn't even in D.C. when this happened. They're using the template of this new world order, this Kabbalist Luciferian sect. This death cult to basically control the planet. You know, look what just happened in, in this week in, in, in Paris last week. The guy who was John Luc Brunel, he was Epstein's associate. He was found hanged in prison. Again, the cameras were turned off. No cameras available. You know, after, right after Prince Andrew settles. John Luc Brunel, 75, who was a cohort of Jeffrey Epstein, who'd been basically involved in bringing over a thousand girls to Jeffrey Epstein. And again, my question is, where are all the girls? He'd been charged with rape of minors, including 12 year olds, and he was being held on suspicion of trafficking underage girls for sex. He's dead, having hanged himself in the La Siete prison. Brunel was not on a suicide watch, having already been in prison for many months. There were no cameras that recorded his death. Of course not. Jeffrey Epstein also hanged himself in prison nearly three years ago while awaiting trial. Victims of this alleged trafficking said that they were angry that Brunel, like Epstein, would never face trial, and they felt that Brunel had left many secrets behind. Guys, let me tell you something about this. I don't believe for one second this guy killed himself. Now, is this guy dead? Yeah, he's probably dead. I don't think Jeffrey Epstein's dead. And the same thing with Jessalyn Maxwell. Now they're saying that she basically needs to be protected because, you know, she's also continuing to be on suicide watch. And they wake her up every 15 minutes, which destroys your REM sleep, which massively causes you to be depressed. But in reality, there's only one reason that Jessalyn Maxwell's not dead, in my opinion, is that she's got a dead woman switch. That if in the event something happens to her and she dies, that all of the information that she has on Epstein, all of the politicians and all the other people that were involved in the raping of these young girls is going to be released publicly. I believe that, and I believe that's the only reason she's still alive. This Brunel guy, <laughs> apparently he was just too uh, – he was just too – he knew too much. Remember what I talked to you about years ago? about how when you have material evidence and you've seen things and you can testify in a court of law and it's not hearsay, you've actually seen it, that you become a real problem for the New World Order, the sex death cult that trafficked all these girls. But again, nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that he's been killed. No one wants to bring it up whatsoever on the mainstream media. Why? Because we're too busy talking about Ukraine. We're too busy talking about Canada. And I stand with the truckers in Canada doing everything they possibly can, now including the Ukrainian crisis, I believe, to draw attention away from what's happening in Canada. These folks in Canada, a lot of these different provinces, these different states in Canada, are now going against Castro Trudeau. And they're basically, they've learned that you can't, you cannot allow this guy to do this. And Austin's absolutely right about bullies. Uh, yesterday, I was in church and the pastor actually covered Acts chapter 4, talked about it in depth, and talked about how these men who basically had come in and had been basically talking in Peter and John and how they had healed a man and how now suddenly they were being brought on trial before the chief elders, they got together. And after they were basically chastised, they asked God 
in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Now, they just got set before the Sanhedrin. They about got themselves flogged and stoned and everything else. And what is their prayer to God? For more boldness. And that's exactly what Austin was talking about with bullies. You've got to be bold. You can't allow these guys to come in and say things to you, and you can't cow down to them. It's really, really important. Listen to what Proverbs 28 says. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. Acts 28:31, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness without hindrance. Ephesians 3.12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Acts 4.31, and when they prayed, this is what I just quoted, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And God, I'm going to post this. There's 40 verses, and I can read all of them to you, but I'm not going to today because we have Dr. Lee Merritt coming on at the bottom of the hour. But, guys, we've got to maintain our boldness. We've got to continue to talk about the sex-death cult that's running the world. Guys, this is one of the only shows that do that. We, we don't, we, no, nobody else wants to discuss this. Nobody else wants to go into detail about the ancient Canaanite religions and how they basically are still controlling the planet today and how we're being controlled by off-world entities. I mean, this is some crazy stuff that we talk about, but we have to understand who we are dealing with here. It's like Austin just said, a lot of the people that we're dealing with are reprobate. They're absolutely, totally, and completely reprobate. And it doesn't matter what you say to them. It doesn't matter how you try to negotiate with them. The only thing they understand is when you stand your ground, like it says in Ephesians, and you do not allow them to intimidate you. That's the most important thing we've got to realize right now is that we have to stand our ground with boldness and say, no, we're not going to do this. Again, the January the 6th template, when they continue to arrest people for an entire year, more than a year now, on trumped-up charges. And some of these people, like I said, weren't even there on January the 6th, and they're still being charged and arrested. This is what they're going to do in Canada now. They saw how effective this was from a beta test and from the algorithms that were created for what happened on January the 6th. That's why I've said to you guys a hundred times, probably a thousand times over the past years, Donald Trump is not who the people in this country think he is. He did not pardon one single person from January the 6th. Now he's saying that he may pardon some of the people from January the 6th if he becomes president again. What? He should have issued a blanket pardon. Personally, I think he's culpable because he told the people to march on the Capitol. I think he's personally culpable with civil suits because of what they did after he told them to do it. That's what I believe. And now a judge has ruled that, that Donald Trump is culpable and can be held liable criminally, not, not criminally, but financially, for what he's done with all of these people. Guys, he's not who we thought he was in 2015. This is not the same guy. We don't. He's not who we thought he was, period, in 2015 and 2016. And if we understand this, we're not going to make the same mistake and put him back in office. Now, I hear a lot of people saying, well, who else is there? There ain't nobody else. Well, no, you're dealing with partisan politics again. This isn't a spirit. This isn't a political problem. It's a spiritual problem. We have to stand firm in the word of God. We've got to get our pastors in the pulpit to get bold and to tell the truth about what's happening from a global standpoint. Well, they're afraid they'll lose their congregation. They won't be able to make their mortgage payments or their 
Masonically controlled lot bar, the Masonically controlled, you know, board of elders and deacons are going to get them and throw them out. They're going to lose their job. Yeah, that, that might happen too. That's it. You got the Baptist Church down here, pretty much in the South, controlled by the Masonic lodges. Still, just thought I'd mention that. And I'm going. I go to a Baptist church and have gone to one for many years. And yesterday we tried a different church. But guys, listen to me. It's all about standing on the word of God. This is a spiritual battle. We're not going to fix this with a political solution. The political people they give us are both controlled by the sex, death, Kabbalist, Luciferian cult that runs the planet through the international monetary systems. This group of international bankers and basically, how should I say, central bankers that are doing everything, including Klaus Schwab, they realize that they don't have a solution at this point. Because they've so hyperinflated the, the currency, and they've so destroyed the value of the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency of the world, and they've so indebted their nations now with fiat currency as far as their, with their Babylonian money magic that the only thing they can do is push a reset and start over again and run the Ponzi scheme a second time or a third time or a fourth time. Because remember, all Ponzi schemes involving – currency that's basically a fiat currency the fiat currency always at the end every single time goes down to the intrinsic value of the paper on which is printed which is pretty much zero so if you get a million dollar note from zimbabwe it's worth pretty much zero it's not worth a million dollars anymore because the only thing that holds the value up is faith in the currency we got to understand that it's not backed by gold it's because the dollar has been used now since Nixon took us off the gold standard by faith as far as its value. That's why it's dropped so much of its value. Guys, stay tuned. Put your hats on. Call your friends up and call your neighbors up and tell them to stay tuned because Lee Merritt will be on in eight minutes. By the way, vitamin D could play a role in avoiding severe Omicron symptoms according to new research. This is from Good Housekeeping Magazine and my buddy John Parvin, who's my personal attorney and longtime friend from college, he basically has said that uh, Ted Dawson Brower's show was right. That, you know, We talked about vitamin D years ago when this thing first started hitting because of the immune system. And let me cover that real quick since we're going to do a lot of health stuff today. When you have a macrophage in the body, which is like a specialized white blood cell, it has two sugar molecules that hang on the bottom of it. And these sugar molecules have to be turned on by vitamin D3 in order to be able to be used by the body as a killer cell to go in and attack a virus or a cold or whatever you have. And if you don't have vitamin D, it can't do it. And when that happens, the body, that macrophage has to release what's called a cytokine, which is a chemical messenger. It's kind of like shooting up a flare gun. And that flare gun, what it does, it signals other macrophages to come to that area, hoping they have vitamin D attached to them. They can actually be a killer cell. And if they don't have vitamin D, they also send up cytokines, creating what's called a cytokine storm, which can cause one of, this, one of the primary factors of the lungs filling with fluid. Now, when Lee Merritt comes on a little while, she's going to talk about a few things as far as salt and how salt is so critically important if a person's been basically diagnosed with COVID or basically got infected with a spike protein, and how salt through the ACE2 system basically is basically shed from the body by the people that have coronavirus. So it's really, really important that we all stay attuned, stay tuned today to the show today. By the way, uh, according to a study I've just done, there's been a 68,000 percent increase in strokes as the FDA and the NIH secretly study reports of neurological injuries after COVID-19 vaccine. I'm going to repeat that. 
a 68,000%, okay, 68 times increase in strokes as the FDA and the NIH secretly study reports of neurological injuries after COVID-19 vaccine. The Epic Times published an explosive report stating that they have received emails that allegedly show that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the National Institutes of Health have been quietly studying neurological problems that have appeared in people after they took the COVID-19 vaccine. Two U.S. agencies have been quietly studying these problems, the FDA and the NIH. And one attempt to gain understanding of a problem that experts around the world are struggling to understand is being carried out by Dr. Janet Woodcock, who is acting as commissioner of the FDA until February the 17th. Woodcock, now the FDA's principal deputy director, has been personally evaluating neurological side effects from the COVID vaccine since last September. And epidemiologists are gathering data to look into the issues, according to the messages from Peter Marks, the top FDA official. A team of the NIH's National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, meanwhile, are starting to see patients who are reporting vaccine injuries for a study in early 2021 after receiving complaints shortly after the vaccines were made available. A portion of the patients were examined in person at Bethesda, Maryland facility. Now, this is crazy what's happening on because if you look at the vaccine adverse reporting system, it confirms that the deaths and injuries due to neurological issues following COVID-19 have skyrocketed when compared to the same adverse reports to the FDA-approved vaccines for the past 30 years. And while none of the U.S. health agencies have published or made public their research on these post-vaccine neurological injuries, many medical journals have. The COVID-19 experimental vaccines, which were given emergency use authorization illegally, should have been immediately pulled from the market at least a year ago. I figure a year and a half ago. This is crazy what happened. They should have never been approved. And so now you have to ask yourself the question, will these criminals in the pharmaceutical industry who literally pay billions of dollars each year to get their products approved by the FDA, will they ever face justice for the mass murder they have caused? And the answer to that will be no. They'll never get justice. Now, there'll be some underlings that may get on trial, that may be on trial or be fined, or the, or the organizations themselves will be giving, how should I say, they'll be giving fines, but they're not going to have any jail time. You know, the last time we saw that happens was with the savings and loans debacle that happened under Ronald Reagan. He put a bunch of these guys in jail for what they had done and what they had, and all the Ponzi schemes they were running. After Ronald Reagan did that, that didn't happen again. Those guys put plates, they put, how should I say, uh, they, they put procedures in the place that would not allow them to be tried personally for different types of conditions such as this. Look at the Sacklers with Purdue Pharma. They've not been held personally accountable. They've been required to pay literally billions of dollars in fines because of the opioid epidemic. They still have not been held accountable. But we've got all kinds of things that are happening right now all over the world. And I want to talk to Lee Merritt. She just joined us right now. Lee, can you hear me? Tell me when you can hear me, Lee. Lee Merritt is going to be my guest today. Now, Lee Merritt is no stranger to the show. She's been on for uh, basically uh, multiple times, and she's a phenomenal physician, and she's a good friend. And I wanted to bring her on, and we, she was talking about the ACE2 pathways today in detail, and I want you to explain that to us today, Lee. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, you're live. So okay, go ahead. We, right. talk, we, talked about an, we talked about an hour ago about the ACE2 receptor, the ACE2 pathways, I want you to explain the importance of sodium, salt, et cetera, with these people, and I also want to talk about the cover-up and the disinformation with you for the next 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, go ahead, Lee. 
Well, sure. I think the the, the positive thing that, that about the ACE2 pathway, I mean, and people people have understood this in a basic way, but it just sh- shows you what they knew and what we can argue who they are, what the people bringing us this show on COVID knew and didn't tell us. A friend of mine who's an emergency room doctor and former state senator in Iowa actually uh, ran this to ground and explained it to me, but it seems to be true. And that is, you know, ACE2 pathways are known to standard medicine. <clears throat> it's the uh, angiotensin converting enzyme, ACE. And that's and it's, it has to do with blood pressure control and probably other things, but that's the big one. So we have ACE2 blockers and ACE2 uh, agonists and things that, that affect the, that pathway. And why do we have that? Because it controls blood pressure by uh, partially by regulation of sodium reuptake. So you either waste sodium and you lose some fluid or you increase sodium and you gain some fluid in the body. You know, uh, we are vibration and water put together. You know, God connected water and vibration and made humans. So how do we keep that water? And and look how many times salt is mentioned in the Bible, by the way, as, you know, the salt of life. Because without salt, without sodium, you lose sodium, you lose the ability to keep the water in the body. And so when they when they created this spike protein, what it does is it binds. There's a, one of the things that they they uh, genetically engineered into this naturally occurring genetic sequence. I mean, they take when people say there's a big controversy about viruses, they don't exist. How can that be? What's going on? Bottom line is genetic material exists in nature. But what they do is they take this genetic material from nature, take it into a lab, and they insert things into it and rearrange things and create things into it that then can be used to damage humans. That's the bioweaponization. That's genetic bioweapons, which we're dealing with. <clears throat> and the way they, and in this case, they change things like in the, the ability for this spike protein, this little bit of genetic material that makes this, this, this conglomerate thing with lipids, they, they made it so it would bind to the spike pro, to bind to the ACE2 pathway better and in different ways. And it turns out it's actually racially targetable, the ACE2 pathway, because people are different. If you're, if you're a Caucasian from Europe, you have a bigger uh, affinity for this binding than you do if you're an Asian or if you're an Amish, for example. So there are different people that have different binding capabilities. Um, and that's what happens. And when it when it binds to the pathway, it blocks the pathway from allowing you to uptake sodium, reuptake sodium. So one of the things that we see in patients clinically, and it wasn't really easily explained, and I, it ends up a lot of people in the hospital, they start losing, they start not being able to uh, keep hydrated. And we kept telling them, drink water, drink Gatorade, get something in you. That doesn't work because guess what? That's not a particular sodium loading strategy it'll actually make things worse so my friend who's an emergency room doctor comes down with uh covid himself whatever we want to call it spike protein syndrome he gets sick and he notices that he's just losing weight like crazy and that he's tearing and he can't stop tearing that he's peeing and he can't stop and it's very clear and what's happening well he's peeing out his sodium and his and he's tearing because he can't reuptake sodium so he he studied everything. I mean, I always tell people jokingly, but it is it is true. If you get some weird disease, you want to find the doctor that has that disease because they've studied everything about it. So he studied everything he could, and he found things. I'd read these papers but missed the import. Um, Ralph Barrick, one of the inventors of this spike protein bioweapon, back in 2015 wrote an article explaining how it blocked the ACE2 pathway uptake of reuptake of sodium. 
So he started taking, and he does this for his patients now in the emergency room. He puts, he takes a quart of water, he adds a teaspoon of baking soda and a teaspoon of salt, and tells them right away to drink it. And besides having actual lab tests that confirm this theory, he also has noticed that he has couples that are both get sick. One of them will do the the, the water drinking with sodium and and, bi, and sodium bicarb and salt, and the other one won't. And the one that takes the sodium treatment gets better. But the one who thinks that's too simple to work, I'm not doing that, doesn't get better, continues to be sick. So there's, I mean, he's got a lot of patients now that he can, he can, he's observed. And that's the way we used to practice medicine and, and make scientific observations. As you looked at lots of patients, you collected the data and you made uh, treatment, treatment protocols and then tested them on other patients. So that's what's going on. And I think it's a really important point. And, uh, and I can look back on patients I've treated that have had problems and realize that's exactly what was going on. It fits everything. Okay. Now, Lee, so, th- so what you're saying is the vaccines that people are taking are affecting the ACE2 pathways, which is inhibiting their bodies to maintain salt levels. They're losing salt, losing water. Uh, their bodies are so messed up that the lungs start to fill with fluid. Explain, if you can, how well, that happens from the ACE2 receptor. Okay, now, so let's back up. I was talking about the, the actual disease of this, of this spreading of the spike protein, whether it was natural or occurring or not. It's, it's, it, that's the effect of the disease of COVID um, based on the spike protein. Keep in mind that we have bad testing and no autopsies to speak of. And so we don't really completely know what we're treating. It could be the spike protein, but electromagnetic frequency looks the same. Uh, and you know, various different things, Car- um, uh, uh, the carbon thing in the, in the vaccine can do okay, this. Well, well, let, let, let me, let me ask you another question. So the vaccine we could about- do it, but it, I was okay. talking about the disease. Okay, well, okay, let's, let's, let's take a look real quick at this ACE2 receptor. And you're saying that different genetic groups and different, basically, other groups, explain to me about the fins and the, and the, and the Akinashis oh, yeah. okay. and, and all. Explain to me everything about that and who has the primary problem associated with this, which is causing these blood pressure issues, et cetera. Go ahead and go into detail on that. Right. And, I'm, and I make no claim on motive. This is not my – I'm just making – I'm just telling you what the scientific paper shows. Understood. And I, I keep a copy of this on my, on my computer. <clears throat> and that is that, that there's – and, and that's true of many things and it, you know, in life, that there, everything's genetics and environment. What might bother me because of my genetics wouldn't bother you. So we have lots of examples of this. But it turns out, and this is the beauty of they picked the ACE2 pathway maybe because it is genetically disparate. So the, the upregulation or the ability to bind the spike protein is different by different races. So if you're a white – and I'm, I'm doing this from memory, but I believe these are, the, the, these are very close to the exact numbers – if you're a Caucasian from Europe accepting Finns, the Finnish are somehow genetically different. If you're a Caucasian from Europe accepting Finns, you have a 56% uh, upregulation of the binding affinity of this, of this ACE2 pathway, meaning the spike protein is going to hook onto you more aggressively and more permanently. Um, for example, the testicles. I mean, it can be, it's going to stick longer, maybe permanently, where it might not if you had less aggressive ACE2 pathway binding. Okay, so 56% in Caucasians. In, uh, in blacks, African blacks and, um, and um, African Americans, it's about 39%, I believe. And then it drops way down to 10%. These are exact numbers. I remember Asians and Finnish. Who knew the Finnish were different genetically? Asians and Finnish have a 10% 
uh, upregulation. And then at the very bottom, with 0% upregulation, are two groups, the Amish and the Ashkenazim, the Ashkenazi Jews. Um, and coincidentally, whatever this means, people like Albert Berla, uh, that are the people that brought us this vaccine, are the K2R people in this paper that would not have the binding affinity that, say, uh, black and white Americans do. This, this is a point. I mean, you know, you got it. You, when you're looking at bioweapons, you got to look at all of it. And okay, so, have, so, what, so what you're saying is that, that there, there, there's a high probability this is a genome-specific bioweapons directly to targeting, targeting whites, which 56% of them can be affected by this, and blacks approximately 39% with it falling off on different types of other races, which ties directly into the fact that, you know, we've been having all of these people – I mean, this has been ludicrous, the amount of stuff in the media about how white people are being attacked. And now all of a sudden white people have a 50 for 66%. So that means that you have a 50 for 66% probability from a statistical standpoint of having your ACE2 receptor sites blocked or damaged, which will destroy the proper regulation of sodium, which can cause the lungs to fill with fluid, and which can also cause you to have all types of kidney problems and basically dehydrate as your body is shedding fluid. So this is some weird stuff that's going on. It's some weird and stuff. We, I, make, I make no claim on motive. No, no, we, I, know, I'm not, I'm, I know you're not. Now, also, we know, Lee, that the Chinese got a lot of that DNA from the United States when a lot of these companies were basically targeting United States people to yeah. give them their DNA to find out what their ancestry was. And now we know that this Wuhan whatever this stuff is that was started at Fort Detrick, moved over to Wuhan, is a genome-specific bioweapon specifically targeting whites. Now, we could do a whole show on that, but that's not the point of what we're talking about today. Now, secondly, I want to talk about why so many of the people who were, quote-unquote, top medical professionals who seem to be anti-vaccine suddenly change track and start talking about pro-vaccine and then start attacking other people that are anti-vaccine. We don't need to mention any names. We could talk about financial interests, et cetera, as far as why these people are doing this and why there's so much confusion about why they're doing it and what their total motive is and who's paying the bills behind the scenes. What do you think? Well, I've always said we're at war. It's an uncharacteristic, multidimensional conflict that's mostly an information war. And in an information war, one of the one of the things that's classically done is disinformation. It's counter intel. That's what they call it. And you don't necessarily lie, but you change the equation. You change the the discourse subtly. So it sounds you may sound like you're saying good things, but you you said these good things either too late. Or they're not really you, you have to look at I look at two things. I look at when somebody's speaking out, has that person actually changed the equation in any way? Has it has he that person by his actions or her actions actually caused us to move the ball away from people taking these dangerous vaccines or not? You know, because that's the final pathogen here, the bioweapon is the vaccine program. So people that were not willing to come out a year ago and speak against this, but suddenly come out now, I'm a little suspicious. People that have big money behind them, I'm a little suspicious because, quite frankly, I had somebody ask me one time, who, who, is somebody paying you to, to speak out? I said, are you kidding me? Nobody pays you to speak against big pharma. I'm just hoping I get enough money to buy a bulletproof vest. You know, that's what I said at the speech. And, and that's true. 
I think that we have to be aware that doctors uh, that have spoken against big pharma have suddenly awoken dead in the past, and especially against the vaccine programs. So this time there's enough outcry that it's not happening so much. But what is happening is I think these people are being I think there are two groups of people. I think there are people that are really evil in the world. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I'm kind of always surprised at the uh, number of churches that believe a lot of things but don't believe that the devil actually exists and is trying to even when it's he's strangling you in the street i mean we're being strangled in the street now and it's pure evil and i think we need to wake up to that but but there are people that are that are involved in this program that are in that camp you know they've been doing this for a long time purposely they've been working against the well-being of humanity and um and and our connection to god so there's that group but I think there are a lot of innocent doctors who they're academics, to be very honest, a lot of academics don't have a lot of street smarts. I never I mean, I was I was in academic medicine for a period of time. I never really felt like I fit in. I didn't want to stay there only because it just something. It just wasn't me. You know, I mean, I, I could do the work and I was offered great academic job at one point, but I just didn't want to. I wanted to be home with my kids and do other things. So I didn't do it. But the point is, is that academic people that get into heavy duty academics that are professors and things, they've lived in this kind of protected bubble. They don't really recognize evil out in the street and they're not very good at at saving themselves. You know, they're not the people that would survive in a bad neighborhood because they don't have the street smarts and they're not. And so what happened is I think they one of the things that happens in a disinformation program is you buy people. And the people that, you know, you buy people, you bribe people, you, you, you entrap them with honeypots. This is the kind of thing that happens in warfare. Look at Eric Swalwell. Well, now we have a Chinese whistleblower that isn't whistleblowing. We have, there's just a lot of things going on here that, um, that just don't make a lot of sense. But they do if you think about an information warfare. And people are bought. People are co-opted. And then they can't get out. Once they get into this, you know, they may lose their academic job. They may have problems financially. They may have things going on in their life and or they get caught with some, you know, girl in the hotel. Who knows? There's lots of ways you can get people. But what happens to these guys is they they get into trouble and then they take a handout and that handout comes with a lot of strings that they then they're stuck. It happens in politics and don't think it doesn't happen here. Well, no, you're absolutely right. In fact, I've seen this and this is why. This Jeffrey Epstein thing that nobody wants to talk about anymore, and just Lane Maxwell, and now one of their primary pimps was found dead, hanged in a cell again. Imagine that last week over over in France. What we don't oh, yeah. get is this, and, you, and, you, and you're right, Lee, this honeypot, when they bring a woman to you, well, this is the honeypots, they bring this beautiful woman to you. Well, you don't know she's a, basically a Mossad agent or a CIA agent or MI6 agent or a Chinese operative. You, don't have, any, you have no idea who they are, and they, they right. bring this to this guy. And the guy's lonely, maybe divorced, maybe single, maybe you know living in hotels, maybe really, really sad. And all of a sudden, this girl meets him somewhere, starts talking to him, and he gets all involved with her, starts telling her state secrets, starts telling her all kinds of other things. And all of a sudden, they get him on videotape running his mouth. Now, he's become basically a spy, or he's basically involved in espionage, or he's involved in counterintel and all the other things. And now they say, if you don't do what we tell you to do, uh, we're going to come after you now. We're going to basically put you in prison for the rest of your life. Look what happened to Stuart Rhodes now. He wasn't even at January the 6th, and he's basically been charged with all kinds of things, including no bail. Right. And they're talking about life in prison for him for the rest of his life. And the sad part about this, is, Lee, is this. 
And you're right. You're 100% right. The churches and the government and the vast majority of the American people don't want to see that this is basically a spiritual battle. And if we don't wake up to this, these entities and these other dimensions and other, how should you say, uh, groups of people that are basically being possessed by these pure evil individuals, we're not going to stop this. And we have to stand and we have to be bold like you are. That's why I love having you on the show. But, guys, listen to me. This is really important. Lee Merritt's telling you the truth right now. There are a lot of people in the alt-media right now that have been co-opted. They've made really bad mistakes. There are a lot of academics out there that are broke. Quite, quite frankly, they lose their teaching jobs at these major universities. They don't have the ability to support themselves or their family or their four ex-wives or whatever. And suddenly, they're desperate for cash trying to pay the bills. And now, all of a sudden, they're given these lucrative contracts from Big Pharma in order to go back out and put out information that's incorrect or partially incorrect. A lot of times, they'll give you 80% real stuff then 20% fake stuff just to confuse the narrative. Or they get put on a giant podcast. I'm not going to use any names. And then you find out later that these guys are basically pro-vaccine shills that are being put on these giant podcasts in order to promote their agenda by, again, giving out 80% real information, 20% fake information, and all of it is subterfuge. And you've got to see through it. That's, what, that's one of the things I love about Dr. Lee Merritt is she sees through this stuff. I mean, I've sat and talked to her for hours before on the telephone after she'd been on the air, and we discussed this stuff. And a lot of stuff that we both know and a lot of names that we both know – we don't bring it up on the air because it's not productive, because all it does is cause further division in the alt media. But guys, listen to me. I endorse Dr. Lee Merritt. She's absolutely brilliant. She tells you the truth. And I've kind of had to hold her back on the show today and not start naming names. But the reality is, is that we're trying to let you guys know there's a problem with this. This is a genome-specific bioweapon. For whatever reason, we're not saying anything. It was developed out of China or Fort Detrick or somewhere. And the last time Lee was on with me, she was talking about how remdesivir was basically a bioweapon that was developed from Fort Detrick and all of the different things that are happening and all these death rates. This morning, Lee, I had a good friend of mine. He's a pastor. And I pleaded with him because he had all kinds of health problems, and he suddenly basically came down with leukemia after he basically took the shot. And then all of a sudden we helped him get through that, then he took two more shots. Now the leukemia has made a strange reoccurrence, and they have him on more chemotherapy drugs. Tell the listeners what happens and how the body's immune system is downregulated from the vaccine and how that happens, if you don't mind. Well, sure. And, you know, this isn't a mystery to anybody that really knows how these things work. Now, they don't tell us in the emergency use authorization, but if you go back in time and you read the basic science, like, like the issue of clotting, let's just take a simple one because this is a really simple one to understand. You go back in time and you read about the development of these viral-based genetic therapies, VBGTs. That's what they really are. They were developed for gene and cancer therapy, which they could never work for because they could not get the safety things worked out, right? They, they couldn't pass the safety bar, and one of them was the clotting problem and the, and, and the, the endovascular damage. And, the, and it turns out that these cationic lipids that are clearly in the Novavax uh, coding to these vaccines, the, the cationic lipids were known to be toxic, and they couldn't work that out. As late as 2018, you can find basic science literature where they tell you how all oh, these cationic lipids are great for immunologic stimulation, but they just, they're just so darn toxic and we don't know what to do about that. 
but they put them in, a, in it anyway. And, and a cationic lipid, it strips the electrical negative charge away from the, the red blood cells and in the plasma. And so now you've got things clumping, that Rouleau formation we see. So the, it's, you know, people in the know, people, there are people here in the scientific community that know about this and they're not speaking up. So, um, but, but as, as to your point, the, the, they also know that, uh, you had to re, de- they couldn't, Get one of the things you can't get for genetic therapy to work is if you can't get the gene to get into your genes, okay? And they discovered that you have to decrease the person, the recipients, temporarily decrease their resistance to these entities. So how do you do that? You have to dumb down their immune system. Now, one of the ways I'm pretty sure that's being used, and I got this from Judy Mikovits, is um, methyl- methylation. Methylation is a process we all use that helps keeps our, keep our nervous system strong, and it helps keep us uh, our cancer down, okay? And so it works by, you know, stabilizing your DNA. We all have cancer genes in the DNA. And, and think about this. When you're young and you, you're a female and you're young, if you have that BRCA gene that they associate with breast cancer, you were born with it. So you're not, you're not at any change in genetics from the time you're 10 to you're 50. But why do you get cancer at 50 and not at 10? It's because when you're at 10, you have a, 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 a an immune system that's on high burn that just can take care of everything. Your native immune system is really, really strong at 10, but it gets kind of enfeebled as we get older. And that's when these things start leaking out. And one of the ways is you lose your ability to methylate. And methylation's key. Well, that's one of the things this has been programmed to dumb down. And when that gets dumbed down, you start seeing the cancers pop out. So let's just look at the numbers that just uh, that Tom Renz looked at for the DMED, the, the military thing. And I'm and I've been talking to uh, people in the military that can look at this stuff, too. They're seeing cancer. They're seeing neurologic damage. They're seeing clotting. I mean, this is an attack on everybody. But we we have multiple databases now that show the increase. Um, as he pointed out, a thousand percent increase in neurologic symptoms, uh, syndromes in the in the military and uh 300% increase in cancer. Now, I can tell you also, if you look at the, they can jigger the numbers when it comes to diagnosis. So they can, as we know, you know, the guy with a motorcycle accident that's called COVID death because he tested positive. Well, when you have a completely false test and you have a, you have a, a disease that has no characteristic finding, like, like we, we can diagnose leprosy without too much trouble if it's very clinically overt, you know, but we can't diagnose COVID because there's no specific findings that are specific to this disease. But what we what we can do is look at all cause mortality. That's hard to lie about. You can you can shift people to and from the COVID category, but you can't really hide the dead because everybody gets a death certificate that gets tallied at the state level. Now, they're trying to hide it by slowing the total death count at the national and international levels. But we're getting this. Okay. So the ONS data in Britain, the Office of of National Statistics, they show roughly an increase in death rate that's the equivalent of the 40% that we're hearing from the actuaries in Indiana. The CEO of a big Indiana life insurance company comes out this last month and says, we've never seen anything like this in our history. We consider a nightmare for the insurance industry, a 10% increase in all-cause mortality. And that means we don't care what you died from, but just that you died. We count the death certificates every year, and if it were 100 last year, it's 142 this year. That's a 42% increase in death rate. Okay, 
And what they're saying is that in past years, we worried about a 10% increase. They call that a three sigma. It's a, it's a, I guess that's their term for a probability event. And they say it would be a night, it's a one in 200 year nightmare for an insurance company to have a three sigma event. This is a 13 sigma event. They're seeing a 42% increase in death rate in the all cause mortality in 2021 versus the years before. So, it, it, there's this is a this is an uh, this has just gotten rolled out. This is not even we're not even uh, moving. You know, it's going to be worse than that because that's the first numbers to come out. Well, you know, what's, what's interestingly is that, you know, we've got, you know, and, and you're right. Those are very alarming numbers. But we've got to realize that this thing's just getting started. You know, they, yeah. they've literally injected billions of people on the planet now that are all going to start suffering with these different types of disease, including massive amounts of increased risk of heart disease and cancer. And the death rates are going to go through the roof because of this. Uh, Lee, I want to thank you so much. I'm sorry it was such a short show today. I could have kept you on for the whole hour, but we had other things we wanted to cover. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. As always, you've been an absolutely excellent guest. And everybody just support Lee Merritt. She's absolutely wonderful. She's a good friend, and I really appreciate her being on. Thanks again, Lee, for coming on. Thank you Austin, are you with me again? Yes, Austin, absolutely. Austin, Austin, go ahead and finish it up, buddy, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. God bless. 100 percent and yes this is what we're constantly starting to see now that was awesome with dr lee merritt um you know the more we start to do research and this is why my friends it's so important when you're dealing with drugs and experimental therapy and so forth you always 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 are supposed to have long-term testing to experiment with stuff for years on end before you start just injecting billions of people with something. This is why I never respected anything they called science when they started rolling this alleged shot out because it went against any and all science. <laughs> you don't ever take something, especially when it comes to gene therapy, is insanely detailed and as compromising as that topic can be and that type of therapy can be. You never start rolling out gene therapy and tell people, hey, listen – not only are we going to roll the shot out, just carte blanche anything, everybody needs to get it. Now we're going to start mandating and forcing businesses to force their employees to get it because, you know, well, it's science. Anytime somebody said a comment like that, I would start laughing and say, dude, everything you just said is anti-science. At no point in history have we ever tried to mandate a gene therapy or any of the likes of that type of topic on billions of people because, hey, well, it's science because there's a 99.997% survival rate virus that's floating around out there, and everybody needs to get gene therapy because it'll kind of maybe save you partially, but really there's no research to prove that. I think Dad's exactly right. I think now as we're starting to see this thing rear its head, we're going to start seeing a lot more problems. That's why it's so important to keep your immune system strong, to keep your body strong. That's why the zinc with the quercetin and the vitamin C, whatever's starting to – because I'm still talking to a lot of people. They're still constantly getting sick. Some people are injected. Some people aren't injected. And there's still people that are constantly getting sick all the time. Now, a lot of people's immune systems are having a hard time fighting off what's constantly floating around. So it's so important. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out healthmasters.com. Also, one last story that I want to touch base on here very quickly from Breitbart. New York Fire Department firefighter Aaron Martin now was arrested this month after purchasing gun parts and magazines that hold more than 10 rounds at a Philadelphia gun show. This is very disturbing. The Post reports that Martin was charged with felony possession of assault weapon after he bought a semi-automatic 12-gauge at a gun show. 
they went on to say that members of the Queens County District Attorney's Office Detective Bureau followed Aaron to the gun show in Philadelphia and surveilled him buying the gun and gun parts and accessories and then arrested him in Queens upon his return to the city. He does not commit any type of crime. He was not a felon. He had no criminal record. He did not have any engagement that he was involved in. He did not commit any crime with these weapons. He simply bought legal weapons in Philadelphia, and New York has said, these weapons cannot occur here. You are now going to prison for felony possession of these guns. This is what I warned everybody about. The parts and the magazines and the ammunition, as we see in California, is going to be the first phase that they do to try to go after the firearms to make it essentially illegal by simply possessing a firearm that is well within your Second Amendment rights. Continue to know what the rules of the Constitution are and why they were put into place. Thank you again, my friends, for getting the truth out there, standing up for freedom. And please, by all means, continue to keep your body strong and your immune system strong. Healthmasters.com, if you guys need anything, call us 1-800-726-1834. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.